This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network, taking you beyond the field and inside the locker room. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Looks to throw Dean Ross to the right side. Shea Fields. Caught! Touchdown, Colorado! Step on Here are your hosts, Ryan Koningsberg and Jake Shapiro. Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast. Coming to you from Boulder, Colorado today. But brought to you by the Blake Street Tavern as always. Uh, and before we start our show, i got to tell you, the place to be on Friday for the Pac-12 championship game is none other than the Blake Street Tavern. It's going to be the first road game that the three of us are at. I guess you went to Michigan, Ryan, but it's the first road game that I'm not I'm not going to be at the Blake Street Tavern for, and I, that kind of hit me a couple minutes ago, and it kind of makes me sad in a way. I mean, even though we're going to be in Santa Clara, I'm going to be missing my guys out there at Blake Street Tavern. Yeah, the good news is Chris Fusilier will also be in Santa Clara with us, so he'll bring some Blake Street Tavern flavor I know, but to I can't. The, the area by the bay. I can't imagine how crazy the Blake Street Tavern is going to be. I mean, we've been there for certain games, but this is a Pac-12 championship. I really can't imagine how many people are going to go, what the atmosphere is going to be like. Like, that's going to be a memory I pers- for the rest of a lot of people's lives. I personally have handled myself like an absolute adult every time we've gone to the Blake Street Tavern. Are, are you sure? Yes, but um, I'm sure there's going to be some people who are aren't going to handle themselves well as an adult aren't 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 there you go anyways uh jake shapiro ali monroy ryan koningsberg we're all headed to santa clara to cover the buffs game against the washington huskies i I almost said cougars and i almost always do that but the washington huskies (laughs) in the pac-12 championship game uh because of their win against utah you're actually kind of like my parents they never know the difference between a school and their and its state school like they're like ah oh, that game against like the Utah Ohio State. Bobcats. Like they just throw state in random. Like ah oh, Utah <laughs> State game last week was crazy, and I'm like, why did you? Where did you get the idea of state? Like imagine if someone did that with the Buffs from another. Like you'd be pissed. Well, well, they do that Ooh. with the logo all the time. They get the logos confused. It's true, and like one logo well, is so good, and the other one is so bad. Well, do you want to know something that's always was confusing, especially coming from the East Coast? So many people would always be like, uh, is it you? Is it? UC uh, or Boulder, yeah, yeah, UC or CU, and they'd be like, "It's U Colorado," and because it's like University of Colorado, and I'm like, "No, it doesn't matter. It's still CU," and everyone, that's everyone actually would get that wrong. Recruiting Twitter, great for that. Yeah. Colorado yeah. University, yeah, that's like recruiting Twitter bingo gets checked off within like the first five days of January. It's an year. old, uh, it's an old uh, Big Eight thing. All of the schools did that: University really? of Nebraska, NU, oh, University of Colorado, CU. University of Oklahoma, OU. I've never thought of it that way. Speaking of eight, if you subtract eight by three, that's five, and Colorado beat the Utah Utes by five, 27 to 22. Wow, that was really clever, Jake. I'm proud uh, of you on that one. And eight is also the number that the Colorado Buffaloes are ranked right now. But uh, before I can tell you about the spread of the that's Washington great. game, I want to make more jokes, but I can't. <laughs> I have to read this, so I can't make more <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Uh, we have a new opportunity for you to make some cash. And when I say new, it's brand new. Is uh, it? If you've never heard it before. You've never, never heard this opportunity before <laughs> to bet money on college football and get some cash. That is on mybookie.lv. Thousands of experts and rookies are playing and winning big there. They offer real Las Vegas odds, amazing <laughs> player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. But the best part about mybookie.lv is the fast. No hassle payouts when you win, when you win. 
Join now and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 and get an extra 10% bonus on top of that when you deposit today. Make sure you use promo code BSN Denver. That's promo code BSN Denver. What? <laughs> Allie really enjoyed that. <laughs> what? What was that? Oh, Where did that come from? That was an alley joke. It felt very like Vegasy that it, voice. It did. Like I, I really felt Vegas. like you. Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, that was good. That was great. Think about how much money you didn't win by betting on the like. Even if you just bet on the Buffs to win every game, you're doing well. Do they go ten and two against the spread this year? I yep. Think same so. as that. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, if you pick the Buffs to win the Pac-12 South, you're by drinks are on you in Santa Clara. Yeah, hopefully we find that guy yeah. <laughs> or girl. Because I think you were getting, like, at least 40, 50 to 1 odds on that. Mm. As Kevin from The Office says, if you get 10,000 to 1 odds, always take it. And I think that – I wonder what Colorado's odds were to win the national championship. win the championship national championship. Uh, they probably didn't year. even offer them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think they offered them. That's Yeah. Huh. Anyway. You probably could have gotten it somewhere. But Vegas usually only does about the top 50 teams. Crazy. That's crazy. That, That's I mean, absolutely that, yeah, insane. That t- think about that. How many times a team outside of the Vegas 50 or whatever you're going to call it finishes within the top 10 of a season, and Colorado certainly has the opportunity to do that this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, like I said, they're unfortunately, they're not playing in the in the college football playoff, and so we don't have to have that take this week that everyone likes to get so mad about. It could happen. It's just not going to. Uh, Sorry. But it's not not happening because of their they're doing. It's happening because of some circumstantial st- circumstances outside of their control. Mm-hmm. But the eighth ranked Colorado Buffaloes, then ninth ranked Colorado Buffaloes, beat the twenty or the twentieth ranked, then twenty second ranked Utah Utes uh, by a score of twenty seven to twenty two, winning the Pac twelve South on Saturday in the Rumble in the Rockies, which grows that that name grows on me. I know it's not a rivalry game, but I like that name. You got Rumble great, in the Rockies. Which one you got? Rocky Mountain Showdown or Rumble in the Rockies? Rumble Rocky in the Rockies. Every time. Rocky Rumble, in the Ro- Rumble in the Rockies. Looks like I'm the tiebreaker here. So much power. <laughs> but I would call Rumble in the Rockies the CU-CSU game. I wouldn't call it the CU-Utah game. Because isn't Utah and the Sierra Nevadas not the not – the <laughs> I don't know, I dude. have no idea. Uh, I'm going to take Rocky Mountain Showdown just because I, it's, it's ingrained in has my head. Has. Like, Rumble in the Rockies feels a little forced to me. Like it's like the rumble in the jungle, but not as good. The rumble. If you in do the like the thriller in the vanilla, like for because oh like God. like how white Colorado and Utah are, the thriller <laughs> and the vanilla. Oh God. Uh, Speaking of white, Jaleel Oweni got in trouble. No, I'm just kidding. That's <laughs> oh, so. Wow. That's oh, you only said that because you couldn't tweet that. Oh, I know that. Wow. But uh, let's not talk about yeah. that. At least. Let's talk about the success Colorado has, not the disappointments. Well, Utah did bring some disappointments, like the offense. I really wasn't that happy with the way they played. It was a struggle. They got away from, I think, what Colorado does best. Um, the fact to me is they put together a really poor game plan. I just don't think it was good. Uh, going in, I don't think they brought the right idea of how to attack Utah. And, Jake, I don't know if you have it in th- front of you how many times Seth Alufau threw the ball, but this is a team that is at their best when they're getting Philip Lindsay on the ground and going. Do you have it? Seth threw the ball 44 times. Phil Lindsay had 12 carries. That is so far from yeah, where it needs to be. Good. I mean, how about you take 12 throws off Cepho, give it, give 12 carries – to fill now he's got 24 carries Sefo's got 20 or 32 throws now you're talking about an attack that you can have you know 
legitimate success with. I just think sitting Cepho back there, and I know he carried the ball a lot. How many carries? 21 for 59 he yards. He did. Yeah, so, I think he had the most carries. He did. By a yeah. lot. That's He almost um, doubled Phil in carries. Mm-hmm. To me, I realize you're playing for a Pac-12 South championship. You were kind of putting everything on the line, but – now you're putting a quarterback who just took a run, like he took a running back's load and he took a quarterback's load in the same game, so he got smashed probably about thirty times in that game. That's asking a lot of a guy, and he was asked in the press conference today about you know how much he enjoys that, and I saw him smirk because I promise you he does not enjoy it carrying the ball at all. Uh, he's a quarterback. Quarterbacks don't like getting hit, and I realize Stefo's the toughest bastard in the country but no one just likes to know they're getting hit on every play and when you carry the ball you're getting hit so right when he was asked how much do you love the fact that that's a part of the game plan he kind of smirked because i know he hates it so he then he went on to say i'll do anything it takes to help the team win which he will do but it was kind of funny to see well in my opinion i felt like he felt like the ball was safer in his hands i mean I don't know if Phil. Uh, I mean, he the did have. Well, Sefo had two fumbles he did. himself, though. I mean, yes, that's true. But I feel like in he certain o- plays, he really wanted to get that touchdown. Like he wasn't passing it. He wanted to be the one in the end zone. And I'm not saying like he was trying to be selfish in any way. But they were stopping Phil constantly. The, the Utah's defense was stopping Phil a lot of times. And so instead of having the ball in Phil's hand. Cepho, I feel like, put it in his hands. We're like, all right, uh, Phil can't get this. Like, let me try my hardest. Let me push my way through because of the warrior that he is. It's kind of like basketball in the sense that you want that guy on your team that with seven seconds left, down one, he wants the ball in his hands. He wants to score. That's what Cepho is for this team. Mm -hmm. When he gets into the red zone, he, he wants the ball in his hands because he knows that he will not be denied. And... and and he has Phil next to him who's the same way but you want that guy on your team who says when push comes to shove I want it in my hands well that's why I don't think that I mean yes of course he probably doesn't like getting hit and stuff like that but I feel like sometimes at least he showed it in Utah there was for that second touchdown I think like he could have passed the ball but he kept it it looked like he wanted that other touchdown like he wanted another one he felt most comfortable with having the ball in his hands so he might not enjoy it the most but I think he also does not mind it at all to have that opportunity and have that mindset of like I can do this and I can get the ball in the end zone yeah and he can yeah, I mean, I'm going back to what Ryan said initially. I was just really confused with what Colorado was attempting to do in general with their offense. If you look at what they did as an offense, they were pretty incompetent for a large portion of this game. And uh, they were lucky to win this game. They were lucky that the defense stepped up to the way that it did. Uh, they had that one really good touchdown drive in to end the first quarter, a seven-play, 73-yard drive. Then they had that other touchdown drive to end the third quarter, an eight-play, 75-yard drive. But And I know you can't do this, but if you take those two touchdown drives away, their offense was stagnant the entire night. It didn't mm-hmm. go anywhere. Uh, and it was the first time – I mean, yeah, at, the Stanf- at Stanford, Colorado got shut down a little bit, but it was the first time this season that it, it really looked that way for a large portion of the game where it was just like whatever they tried to do, it did not work. And maybe – if Devin Ross doesn't break open and win that one-on-one matchup on the outside in the first quarter and Shea Fields finally gets open in the end zone, if those two plays don't happen, Colorado might not win this game. And now I know you have to look at it the other way as well and say, hey, they had two big drops there in the first half that could have resulted in a 21-7 to score going into halftime. But 
it, it kind of it was kind of like most sports where it ended up in the middle where it wasn't the worst possible outcome or the best possible outcome, but somewhere in the middle. But you look at it, and I thought I, I was just pretty concerned with the way Colorado played offensively in general, especially because earlier in the season and throughout the course of the season when things happened like that, when they had a drop or when Seppo missed a throw in the end zone, they'd normally be able to come back and make up for it. Instead, mm -hmm. they relied on some field goals. I don't know if necessarily Colorado was even the better team on the day, uh, but it goes back to something I said on this podcast last week, which was that at no point was Utah going to be able to match Colorado's will to win in that game. The Buffs were not going to lose that. They weren't going to let it happen, and you saw the defense – be the ones who were not going to be denied uh you know it's it's kenneth with the scoop and score it's the other you know it's tedrick with two picks that defense played in a way that they said i don't care what happens on the other side of the ball we're not losing today and that was kind of the way i envisioned it from the beginning utah's a really talented team they've got some really good players uh i think the quarterback played pretty well actually in that game they weren't I mean, ESPN QBR says he didn't. He had a 17.8 QBR. But, but yeah, he had two interceptions in the game. Right. So. I mean, I'm not saying he was special by any means, but I didn't think, you know, the Buffs have done some, have done some terrible things to quarterbacks. I thought he – I guess I should say if he hit a couple that he barely missed, he would have had a, a solid game. But, but I wanna... that defense was just not going to allow anything to happen. And – in the end, the Buffs wanted that game so badly. You saw it in their faces when they're celebrating on the field. They wanted it so badly that there was just no way they could lose. Everyone's looking at Jake Browning next week and saying this might be Colorado's best quarterback they faced. He's first-team Pac-12. Luke Falk was second-team Pac-12. But what I will say is Colorado held Luke Falk below 50% passing, and he still looked like he had a decent game, and you saw some of the talent Luke Falk had. Colorado held Troy Williams to 13 of 40 passing, and – that's what this defense does, and our Sam Weaver wrote a great story on this uh, disrupt, most disruptive force in college football, she called it, and it's true, and the way this defense in secondary specifically has been playing as of late, it's almost like a run game in, in, on the offensive side of the ball. You, they're just something to rely on, uh, and I know you don't want to get too cocky about that because you don't want to rely on your secondary to make the plays, the big plays that they have made, but you almost come to expect it, and I go back to my own broadcast of the game. Three plays before the Kenneth Olobode, or before the Cheeto Awuzie, uh forced fumble, I said Colorado's defense really needs to come up with a turnover. They get that turnover, and then they don't stop getting turnovers after that. It's funny that their quarterback went 13 of 40, what had this, what 17 quarterback rating, but in my head, and I he, saw he it. He threw for 160 yards. In the end, I saw him make a few plays, and I saw him miss a few by the other, and I was like, ah, he's kind of doing better than most guys do against this defense. I mean, they – all it like it, it's a couple third-down conversions here and there and, and this and that. Also, another reason why he was 13-40 is because Kenneth – or because Akella Witherspoon broke up oh, like yeah. 21 of those, it felt like. I mean, he Akella, was in on every pass. Akella Witherspoon went from maybe being undrafted to a fifth-round pick in that game. He I, he's I've always since about week four or five I felt like he's an NFL player uh and when he first came to Colorado Mike McIntyre was so high on him and I remember uh Adam Munster Tiger and I sitting up there being like I mean it's kind of he's kind of one of those guys where you know he giveth and he taketh away he's only giveth thing now so <laughs> he has made a huge step to the point where 
that wingspan that he has has NFL written all over it. Now he needs to toughen up a little bit, but he's an NFL pl- he is an NFL cover corner. Yeah, our guy from the Colorado Springs Gazette, Paul Klee, was uh, in Boulder Klee-sus. today uh, talking about Klee-sy. the different guys on the defense. And he was talking about Akella Witherspoon with me. And I told him, yeah, he didn't start playing football till his junior year, junior or senior year of high school. And oh, then he had to go I to junior college. Right. And Klee was just blown away. He's like, oh, like, I don't even think this guy realizes how good he is. He I'm like, potential. he definitely does not. Uh, and and – you know, you saw Mark Kisla also giving some love to the Buffs uh, secondary today, uh, saying Tedrick Thompson and, and some of these guys could play literally for the Broncos next week. I mean, that's a little hyperbole, but you're looking at it, and they have three second-team Pac-12 players on the defense. Uh, granted, they might, some of them probably should have been first-team. Either way you look at it, they all come through in this game for the Buffs against Utah, and it might have been the best game the Colorado defense has played uh, in – maybe a decade. It was just unbelievable to watch Akella Witherspoon, Cheeto Awuzie, and Tedrick Thompson dismantle a passing attack. A little hyperbole from Kisla saying that he could play from the Broncos, but I feel like he could play for, you know, the Eagles or the Bears. Well, the Eagles really need it. (laughs) I can't name three guys on the Bears. Yeah, you can. Uh, Jay Cutler. There you go. Matt Barkley. He goes two quarterbacks. (laughs) Uh, Kadeem Carey. There you go. Alshon Jeffrey. Okay, Alshon Jeffrey, but he's been hurt. Okay. And then was on my fantasy. Well, I guess Jay Cutler. It's like, see, like I, there's, I can't name one guy on the defense anymore. I'm pretty sure Brian Hoyer is the other quarterback. Isn't? Yeah, I think he's the one between Cutler and Barkley. And then, who's the kicker? And anyways, the Buffaloes. Um, the Broncos secondary might be one of the only ones that Cheeto and Tedrick couldn't go play for this. I mean, the Eagles have been looking at Cheeto. Cheeto has been getting a lot of NFL attention. Um, from scouts but in my opinion I think of course the defense had one of their best games they did a great job they won this game for uh, the buffs it, but as if if I were a fan I would be a little worried I think yes Utah was one of the more challenging teams that the team has faced but going into Washington going into the Pac-12 championship the offense needs to be able to pull through and it shouldn't all rely on the defense and I know defense wins championships but at the same time I really think the offense and Cepho and Phil and the wide receivers just need to pick it up. They yeah. do. They absolutely do. Boy, jo- boy, George, do they have to against Washington? Oh God! They're gonna need some Santa clarity on offense. Oh God, guys, for their please problems. don't start this. Uh, you know, this offense is going to need to be relied on. Um, they're gonna have to score points. How many points do they need to score against Washington? I think the winning team ends this game in the thirties. I. And when and what Colorado scored? 30. Neither of you could agree with me because I, I know because our <laughs> predictions were different. But I think the winning team ends this game with thirty points. And in I Colorado, th- the last few good teams they've played. I mean, Washington State's the only one they've scored over thirty points against. Arizona, they scored forty-nine, but UCLA and Stanford, they failed to score over twenty-one mm-hmm. points against. But both of those games, they basically mucked up the whole game, and it was just a you know it was a mud fest. It was. It, both teams got off their rhythm, and it was basically just a defensive battle. If the Buffs can get Washington into that, they'd love to. I just don't think they can. So it's going to come down to scoring some points. And I think – I mean, they're 100% capable of it. They have the playmakers. They you know, are, you I talked agree. about it today. They have guys that can win one-on-one matchups. Sefo can make those throws. Phil Lindsay can get – you know, he can get – the offensive line can open up holes. They can do that. They can score 30 points against this Washington team. I just think 
for the Buffs to beat this team because I Washington is superiorly talented. They have more guys. But I think the Buffs can hang with them enough that one fluky touchdown can win them in this game. I don't think it's going to be straight up. They're going to have to get a pick six or a fumble recovery or a punt return or something like that. I think it's going to take that for them to win this game, and I think otherwise it's just going to be a back-and-forth kind of teeter-totter type of game. Speaking of superior, the craft beer selection at Colorado Keg House is superior in second to none. Uh, located almost in Superior, Colorado, but in Broomfield, uh, Colorado Keg House is right next to the First Bank Center with 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. They are the home for Colorado craft beer, the home from wheat beers to nitros to IPAs to owls. Nobody does nope. craft Nobody does craft Nobody does <laughs> beer like the Colorado Keg House. You can sit in their huge bar, their table, or their lounge area, but no matter where you sit, you'll be in front of a TV with sports on. That's the way I like it. So next time you're looking for something to do, go down to the Colorado Keg House off Wadsworth and 36 and Broomsfield. Uh, I want to go back to this Utah game for one second. Uh, not necessarily the game, but it's the, I believe, ninth, tenth win season in Colorado football history. They win the division title of the Pac-12 South, and that's the what, fifth time they've won a division title. The last time, of course, was in 2005 when they were back in the old Big 12 North. Don't remind me. Uh, yeah. It wasn't yeah. pretty after that, I'll tell you that. I don't think anyone remembers that. The way, the Joel Klatt definitely doesn't remember it. Joel Klatt definitely does not remember it. But, uh, you know, it's a historic game, and I've, I've been calling it historic. I haven't even gotten any flack for it, but – I thought I was going to get like a, at least a. They haven't done anything yet. They just won the division. No, this is this no, was a big I, this was a big deal. Uh, coming, I mean, especially we've talked about this year so much, but just coming back and and winning a division title. Who would have thought Colorado would win a division title before Utah when they joined the the big or uh, the Pac-12? You know, it, it, it's just Utah's it's, competed for it every single year. Right. I got flack on Twitter for tweeting that like I thought it was. I said like LMAO. The Buffs won before Utah. Some guy came out and me like, yeah, of course they did. Like, wouldn't you expect that? And I was like, no. Utah has literally competed for it every single season they've been in the conference. The Buffs haven't done it once until this year, and they won it. You could say they're 1-0 when they tried. Yeah. It's like when you go out – it's like basically when you go out to the bars on a Friday night and, like, you're just like, hey, like, I'm going out to the bars with my buddies. Like, you, you might want to, like, go home with a girl or whatever. But, like, you know. then <laughs> the Look the, on Allie's face right now. It's so <laughs> priceless. I really didn't know what Then, like, your fourth going. or fifth time, you actually try to, to like, take, like, you actually make an attempt. And you still don't. No, and then you take home the girl. <laughs> it's well, like when I, you actually I don't, make the attempt. But Colorado did. It's when you actually make the attempt to it. Right. So Colorado one for one in one, in one trying. I think taking girls home from bars is is – um, Ryan, don't. A, an old and gross thing to me. I take them home for ice oh, cream. because of... I love ice cream. That's actually a thing that happened earlier this year. Okay, well, I... just like to, you there. know, I'm just like a renaissance man, you know. I just, just want to take them out to a nice dinner, uh, maybe, you know, some ice cream after that. I don't think Buffs Nation wants to hear about your love life. I think we should kind of get back to how... The Buffs are doing something that is historic. And that's something I love. <laughs> I think actually, though, like I went back home for Thanksgiving break and so many people came up to me and they were like, so Colorado, like it is national news, like it is something historic and it is something story worthy because so many people are so impressed with the rise and what is happening here with this program. It's, it's crazy. The fact that 
national outlets are now scrambling to figure out a way to cover this team. And it almost feels like they're sitting in newsrooms being like, how did we miss this? Like, how did we not see this coming? How have we not had, how did we not have someone out there after they beat Oregon or, you know, after they almost beat Michigan? Now you've got everyone out there trying to, oh, Philip Lindsay, like, look at this guy. He's great. Like, let's tell a story about him. And like, it's funny for Colorado fans because if they've been following the, the day-by-day coverage of these teams, like, you know all about Philip Lindsay. You know about Cepho's toughness. And so you're reading these stories like, oh, yeah, no, they're just like they're just now scratching. It, it As sucks, the Buffs yeah. go into the Pac-12 championship, these national outlets are just scratching the surface. It sucks for us because, like, we went to that press conference today and there's, like, Cepho was on for, like, 12 minutes and maybe there were 10 questions about his toughness. It's like we were asking these questions three years ago. Like, stop. Like, like just stop. And, like, you know, some of these things, it's, it's just funny, like, how the – the press or the fans react and just because they they don't know but the people that have listened to this podcast obviously know the way things have gone and the way things are going and it's it's just really interesting to see kind of that surge and I haven't been around it covering a team yet uh I've only been around people that have been around it uh, specifically the 2007 Rockies all the guys that have covered that team always talk about they have like it was a phenomena they had no like and that's what it's like to me I I one day I was covering this bad football team. The next day I woke up and the Buffs were ranked in the top 10. And I'm like sitting arm in arm with guys that work at ESPN.com. And I'm just like, like, how do you not know these things? Mm-hmm. We know yeah. more. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it is crazy. And it's cool. I think it's cool for us to have covered it, you know, and, and I think we take a bit of pride in the fact that we, if they had two wins right now, we'd be covering the team the same way. And we'd be doing a little bit more basketball. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah man. <laughs> but these, it, it's cool for fans. It's really cool for for CU fans more than anyone. But outside, everyone's like, what the heck is going on over there? Like, how did they just go from terrible to good? And it's cool to see these guys who everyone labeled as, uh, they can't, these guys just can't cut it in the Pac-12. McIntyre's going to have to recruit better. It's cool to see those guys who everyone said those things about get this done and get to a Pac-12 championship. But, I'm, but I mean, Mac... And Cepho and Tedrick, they were all talking about today at the press conference how they still see a lot of people hating on Colorado and a lot of people not wanting them to succeed and not wanting them to win, which is insane to me. This is a fun thing that coaches like to do. There's literally not a person in the world that's cheering against well, Colorado right now. You know what it is? It's the Pac-12 conference wanting Washington to win so they get the college football playoff money. That's fine. And even the, even the Buffs would be costing themselves money by beating Washington. But... I think it's also USC. I think a lot of people, not in Colorado, but a lot of people in the Pac-12, because of USC's recent success, would rather USC be in this position instead of the Buffs. Yeah, it's just like, I just feel like it's very manufactured. It's like when, you know, this summer with the Broncos and everyone's like, ah, like, we still get no respect to this. And it's like, you guys have just won the Super Bowl. Like, just enjoy it, please. Like, I feel like that's how the Buffs are right now. They're like, oh, everyone wants us to lose. Whereas, like, across the country, like, I think Colorado is America's team right now. <laughs> like, everyone is like, this is amazing. They have the best uniforms ever. And they're all, like, they're, they have this quarterback who's, like, so tough. And he just keeps taking these hits. and getting. People are watching this and they're like, this is amazing. But meanwhile, the Buffs are like, everyone hates us and they're mad that we're good again. And it's like, oh, whatever. Whatever gets you out I, of bed in the morning. I think there are people that are more mad that are fans of the Buffs than there are that are nationally paying attention to the Buffs. Uh, I mean – 
you look at Tom Fornelli's Twitter, if it's an accurate representation of college football in America, Tom Fornelli's been on the buff since day one and, and knows uh, this team. But it's funny because, like, the way someone like that rep- represents college football Twitter, like, you, you see the, the surge. And you saw this a few years ago with the Rays in baseball. You saw this, you know, with, uh, I don't know, the Golden State Warriors when they were on the come up a few years ago. And everyone kind of falls in love with this team. And it, it's really interesting to watch. And that's what, what's kind of happening a little bit with Colorado. But I, but I want to say this, too, because this is something I realized today. And there was a lot of things that you realize going into this week. Monday – it was the first practice that probably shouldn't have happened because if they don't go to a bowl, Monday's practice never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was after the regular season. Today's Mike McIntyre press conference. That would have been the press conference where there was an interim head coach talking about how they finished out the season if Mike McIntyre got fired in the middle of the season. Instead, today Mike McIntyre is talking about how he won the Pac-12 Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. So there's all these things when you look back on it in August and you're thinking, how might this season play out? What are the possibilities? And now you look at it this week and look back at those things. It's like the exact opposite happened out of the most probable outcome, at least in a lot of people's minds. We were all wrong. Everyone was wrong. Well, I don't think anyone, I don't, I don't know if everyone can be wrong if no one was right. Okay. No, everyone can be wrong if no one was right. That's the definition of no one was right. Everyone everyone was wrong. wrong. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and like, and I tweeted it, but it's true. I was talking to a guy uh, after the game Saturday night, one of the players on the team, and like, man, I I knew you guys were good, like, after week three, and I knew you guys were real, but I didn't know you were this good or this real. And he's like, I don't think we even knew we were this good. Uh, and I go back to a conversation I had with one of my sources on the team uh, before fall camp started, and he goes, the one team I don't think we can beat is Michigan. I think we can beat every other team on the schedule. Well, guess what? They went 10 and 2. They should have beat Michigan. And they should have and, pro- and they yeah. should have probably beaten USC too. Yeah, and to me it it's kind of a snowball effect. To me they weren't they weren't always this good. They mm-hmm. got this good. Yeah. Um now they went in on CSU and at that point we probably should have known they were pretty real and people who hadn't been I guess put to the torch the last 10 years actually could see that you know i talk about this a lot but you know our ceo brandon spano texted us right after the game and was like yo that is a team full of grown ass men they are good and we're still kind of sitting in the oh was csu just trash Mm -hmm. like and they probably are and actually they ended up winning seven games and that's a team that the buffs made look silly so it didn't take until week three until we thought oh wow these guys are actually pretty legit but to me, and you can debate this all you want, the, the Oregon game is when everything changed. Uh, if Akello Weatherspoon doesn't step in front of that pass and intercept that in the inter- end zone, this team's probably still a bowl team. They're not where they are today. This team didn't celebrate as hard after the game Saturday night as they did after Oregon. No. And, and I think that says a lot. But I, I like what Mike McIntyre said, too. The game against Arizona State, what he, he calls that, I don't know, the breakthrough he said the break, game. The break point, yeah. so you you know what? It's it's a weird statement, but that was the game that was after that was the game where I started saying the Colorado Buffaloes are probably gonna go to the Rose Bowl this year. That was the game I started writing that. That's the game where I tweeted, you know, M- Mike McIntyre on his way to steal the Pac twelve South. That was the game Colorado looked like a complete football team. Mm-hmm. It was, and that was kind of the game where everyone stopped being cautiously optimistic and started just being optimistic. I think now 
I still think the the Oregon game is when everything changed, but I think that was when they said Pac-12 championship. Yeah, I think we actually right. can go do that. I think it went from bowl to Pac-12 championship. But uh, speaking of opportunities, we <laughs> literally got a new opportunity for you. Like ha- half an hour later, it's brand new. <laughs> like this one's this one's even newer. It's called MyBookie.lv. And it's the perfect place to bet on college football. Thousands of experts and rookies are playing and winning big there. Oh God. Every day. They offer real Las Vegas odds, amazing player props, and live in-game action with odds updated in real time. But the best thing about MyBookie.lv? Fast. No hassle. No hassle. Pay Pay when you win, when you win. Join now and they'll match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000 and get an extra 10% bonus on top of that when you sign up and deposit today. Make sure you use promo code BSN Denver to activate the offer. That's promo code BSN Denver. Expert rookie. You got to go check out mybookie.lv. My parent, I read that to my parents the other day. Like, I, this was how lame our Thanksgiving dinner was. I'm oh like, God. do you guys want to see how fast I can read? <laughs> no. So I pull out the podcast reads and I read that at the dinner table. And my grandma goes, oh, wow. Like, that was like her only reaction. And my mom's like, have you ever thought about being an auctioneer? auctioneer. Yes, we said that last <laughs> time. Actually, not during my Thanksgiving dinner, but my little brother, Nick, who listens to the podcast, was like, Shout why? Out. What up, Nick? Was like, why can't Jake say owls? Like, ales? Ales. Why does he say owls? That's it's why. contagious. No, he was like, I don't understand it. And I was like, dude, I don't know either. He just can't do it. <laughs> I don't like, understand a lot of things about Jake. He brought that up. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, other people really notice it. I um, don't, ha- I, I don't beers, know how to say to burrs. that. Burrs. Burrs. I do burrs. that all the time. Curs. Curs. Curs is a burr. For beer, he says burrs. I say burr, but you, you've heard me say that. And I, I don't know where it comes from. Like, uh, our, our friend said this to uh, me the other day when, when we were going out. It's just like, it's like all of a sudden your Chicago accent breaks out at the weirdest times and it's like really weird when you turn it on. Like I don't mean to turn it on, but like my broadcasting voice is very Chicago, but like my actual speaking voice is very like Colorado. No, I feel that. I, my Philly accent comes out sometimes. I mean, I feel like, Ryan, you've picked yeah, up on it called you out sometimes. on it the other day. Yeah. Just start dropping Johns on the Just podcast. Just little things like, yeah, can you pass me the John? And I don't know. No, it just you don't actually ever say that. Yeah. I don't say John. You've I don't. never said John. No, it's when you I say yeah say three times yeah. in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it definitely comes out. I think it's just like it's in you. So it I don't, I don't actually have an accent because I'm a true native Colorado. of this place. Colorado. It's not an accent. That's a properly pronounced no, state. No, it is not spelled like that. It is Colorado. Do you want to go on probation again? No, you can't do that. Speaking, Buff Nation voted of probation. Me as the winner of last speaking time. Speaking of probation, <laughs> we have an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was referencing something. Yeah, yeah, we're I not, know, uh, yeah. That, that we're not talking, talking about. about uh, <laughs> but everyone, we're putting, we're everyone putting that already on picked probation. it up right now. We're putting that topic on probation. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we we've alluded to it a lot. But Friday, Santa Clara, Shap, Ali, RK gonna be there. Wow, it didn't come out of my mouth right. Are gonna be there to talk, not talk, to cover the Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes game against the Washington Huskies. Uh, Jake Browning, Miles Gaskin, John Ross. Uh, some huge names on that Washington Husky sw- Scott. Squ- what, what's going on with my? <laughs> You're bullying me. Oh my God, Washington Husky squad. They've got a really elite defense as well. Just as just as good as Colorado's mm-hmm. maybe. That defensive line is big. I mean, they are husky. It <laughs> oh my God. And you got to wash out for the guys in the defensive backfield too. Sidney Jones and Buda Baker. 
I think I get more annoyed because of how much you guys enjoy it. Like, I think, well, I mean, like, you my could family. You could say you get ton annoyed. Mm, stop. No. I think my family does it, and I, like, I'm just like, ugh, why? But you guys, like, enjoy it so much. Like, you bring, you have so much joy. Like, you sit here, and you're like, what can I tweet with a pun? Like, ha, ha, ha. And I'm just like, why do you enjoy it that much? Like, it bothers me. I think that's why. And, like, the reason we enjoy it so much is because it bothers me. It's, it's, it's a vicious cycle. I don't like it. We are at Brand Central Station today. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> Blake Street Tavern, of course. Uh, but, uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this game right now. Washington's picked as a, a seven-point favorite. Uh, they're mm-hmm. six and six against the spread this year. Uh, money line on this game has Washington minus three ten. Uh, over under is fifty eight. So the Buffs are really the dogs. They're the underdogs. <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks. I uh, didn't even. It no, went right I over un- her head. I understood it. I just wanted to play past it. Uh huh. Um, you mentioned the defense, but also Washington's known for their high-scoring games. Yeah, Washington's play, played uh, a ske- – but here's the thing about Washington's schedule. Exactly. Washington schedule played a very, very weak schedule uh, the first three weeks. Mm-hmm. They played Rutgers, Idaho, and uh, some school with a logo I can't decipher, uh, which says they're a bad team. <laughs> and uh, their only loss came to USC. They lost to USC by more points than the Buffs. Uh, and I think that's Presbyterian State. Get out of here. Keep going. What, what logo is that? Portland State Vikings. Oh, okay. Yeah, the old Vikes. I uh, thought you knew every single mas- or every single they're logo. They're D2. That doesn't count. No, I don't know the logos. If you name the school, I can name the mascot. Uh, but they're – of course, they have a lot of common opponents, but the common loss is to USC, and mm-hmm. they lost by more at home against USC than the Buffs did on the road at USC. Granted, uh, it was Sam Darnold's, I think, second or third start against the Buffs, and Sam Darnold was well into uh, his season when he played the Huskies, but – I think that says a lot because it is still the same football team. And they also really haven't faced that legit of a defense outside of USC. Every single one of their wins, they've scored at least 30 points. They've scored 40 points nine different times. And USC, the most legit defense they've faced, held them to 13 points. I mean, they put up 31 on Utah, and Utah might be the best defense uh, that they've faced. Right. I mean, they're they're legit, and that's why I still think uh, – I mean, they're ranked four. Yeah, I mean, like that's <laughs> you just have but to say that. But they also play in, in the Pac-12 North, which is a trash division, uh, compare comparatively to a lot of the divisions in the country. That being said, they are legit. They are going to score points. Jake Browning is the real deal. He's probably the best Jake ever. Um, Ooh, dude, that's kind of messed up that you said that about your dog. Ah, it's true. <laughs> he might win Jake. He might sneak Jake of the Year 2016 away from Jake the Boxer, the dog. But at, I mean, Jake kind of needs it, you know. And you never know. You can't like, like. Are you trying to give my dog old. a lifetime achievement award? Yeah. Damn. You 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 were, you said that you were gonna give him a lifetime achievement award this it's year. True. So. It might be his last chance to win the award. This just became really sad. <laughs> but uh, but speaking of dead dogs, though. Oh, <laughs> that was a good one. It's messed up, bro. It was uh, messed up, but it was a good one. Um. No, honestly, they have so much talent. John Ross is the one that scares me. Um, he is the best Ross in the conference. And the Buffs don't exactly have a guy that you would think off the top of your head. They're going to put him on him no matter what. Uh, I think it's going to be Akello. I don't know if Akello has the speed to keep up with him. Uh, I think I don't know if Akello has the strength to keep up with him either. It's going to be tough. He's going to be their tough matchup. 
if they can take him out of the game, which I really don't think they can, they win this game. But I don't know if they're going to be able to, to keep him away from making big plays. He's such a unique talent in, in the sense that he's tough, he's fast. Um, they're going to have a hard time with him because none of their guys in that secondary are exactly speed guys. And I realize this is a speed conference and they've dominated it. But they haven't let really anyone get behind them this year. And I think he has a chance to do that. I mean, they let uh, – gosh, I'm spacing on his name right now. Washington State's best re- receiver get behind him a few times. And he just dropped um, the ball. Gabe Marks. Yeah, Gabe Marks. He's a, he's a heck of a receiver. but just They were just a little off the mark. <laughs> Luke just kind of falked them up a little bit. They just gave up a couple big plays. Uh, but another guy on Washington's uh, offense that it's really to look out for is Miles Gaskin. Uh, Miles Gaskin, I think, is a better running back than Joe Williams. And I think Gaskin offers more speed. Where Joe Williams had trouble breaking up, breaking away a few times, I think Gaskin has has the gas to get away Please from stop. the defense a little bit. Like, Honestly, I, actually, I think he does. And and I think if he does, he can Jim be rushing for miles. <laughs> Jim Levin might blow a gasket. <laughs> oh, this podcast is so off the rails. Oh, my God. Uh, but they, it's true. I mean, they me have probably the most playmakers of any team that the Buffs have played other than, well, USC and Michigan. And those are their two losses. And that's where you worry a little bit. In, in uh, terms of toughness of teams, where is Washington rank on that scale? probably right in between them where they rank in the rankings. Uh, I think Washington is not as good as Michigan. And I think that gives you hope if you're a Buffs fan because you know that the Buffs had a pretty good chance of beating Michigan on the road in the big house. I think they have a better chance of winning this game than they did of that game, and I think they should have won that game. So that gives that gives you hope. But they have where they lost USC was in the trenches, and that's where they're going to have a hard time in this game. But also where they lost Michigan was when Cepho got hurt. Cepho was having such a great game. That's such a key. They almost beat Michigan when Cepho was playing one of his best games. And that has to happen against Washington. Cepho hasn't really played like that since. Yes. And they're going to need it out of him. They need, I think at bare minimum, the effort he gave against Washington State against Washington to uh, beat the dogs. But – I will say this about Washington, and this is something not many people are talking about, but three of the last five games Washington has played, in my opinion, are the three worst games of their year. And granted, they've come against very solid teams because uh, they have played Utah and USC le- recently. I thought the first half against Cal, they didn't look good. Uh, they ended up killing Cal. But I just I don't think this team has gotten that much better. Uh, I think they were really good early, and I don't think they've been imp- Proved much from that. Yeah, they have some talent, and I think that talent has developed. A guy, uh, gosh, that freshman on Washington, what's his name? I'm spacing on it right now. Uh, Taylor Rapp. I think Taylor Rapp's improved a lot over the year. And he got a bad rap early in the season. Allie has <laughs> nothing to say. Oh, my God. That is awesome. <sighs> but honestly, I, th- I agree with you in that sense. Uh, as a team, you want to peak. And I- I don't know exactly where the Buffs did peak, and I'm not willing to say it hasn't happened either. I don't. I think almost think they peaked in the first quarter against Michigan. But I that was their. That, yeah. I, I shouldn't say they peaked. 
But that I was their best. That's the best they've played times. all season. I think there's been sparks. Like, they've had games where they're just so great in every aspect. And like Michigan, like at the end of that, or Oregon, when Akilo got the interception, there's been such high, like, sparks of like their potential and i i don't know if they've fully reached it and like that's something that i hope to see against washington because they have so much on the line for this like this is their dream this is max dream he's wanted to show it and i know jake's smiling and everything like that but really, ali loves her some macisms well, like all of max little cliches she eats them up y'all my dream that it's just it's he's his i passion. want that drop on the podcast if we get drops that's the first one y'all my dream it's his passion and it's the team's passion and it's a motivation they have even during even in the all pack 12 team a lot of the players felt dissed and that they weren't first in that and so i feel like this is their time to prove themselves. They have a lot more on the line than Washington and, and more motivation in my mind. To go back to the mountain metaphor in the peaks, there's like one mountain in Washington. That's Mount Rainer. So if they've reached that peak, it's all downhill from there. Colorado, there's lots of 14ers. So the Buffs could have multiple peaks. That's true. That's true. I didn't even think of it that way. Because that's not a normal thing to think about. <laughs> I think they have a couple more mountains in Washington. They have Mount St. Helens, but Mount St. Helens was, <laughs> was, was, so, was so hyped up that it actually blew its top off. So I think that says a lot about the Washington Huskies. They've gotten so hyped up that they might just blow themselves up. By the way, if we get drops, the first one I want is Allie saying, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness is actually the correct drop for Allie. Is it? Yeah. I just think I'm going to stop responding. No, that doesn't, that's not fun. Exactly, because then maybe you'll stop. Speaking of stop responding – if someone in your group has stopped responding, uh, maybe it's time to head to the Clock Tower Grill because that will wake you up. They are the perfect place to get your pregame on and rally if you're headed downtown for a game. you got to stop off at the Lincoln Light Rail Station and hit the Clock Tower Grill. $3 Long Island on Mondays, 75-cent wings on Wednesdays, and $3 shots on Fridays. There's no better place to start your event than the Clock Tower Grill. Remember, the Clock Tower Grill, right before jumping on the right the right rail, the light rail, uh, before heading downtown. Go get some tequila shots, a few beers. $3? Why not? I mean, you're talking about a round for 12 bucks for you and your three buddies? Why not? Go crazy. Celebrate the buffs. Well, we got a new segment now for you. Uh, it's in vain of the all-name team, but but better. It's the so all- most, most of you know how I feel about this game. It's the all-dog team. <laughs> we're, we're picking our favorite dogs. Uh and out of pity, like many pity their dog, we uh, oh, we are letting wow. Allie go first because she is the perturbed. She's very bad at these things. I am, and every single person that has listened to this podcast, you agrees. won the last all na- all name all whatever draft. You all Cougar won draft. the all Cougar draft. Okay, I did win that because kind of cheap, but it's okay. It was it was kind of cheap. We like had our best options taken off the board. Yeah. Okay, but it was I like just a keeper don't get draft, these games. But anyways, my first pick is going to be a classic. Uh, my one of my all times. What? <laughs> I can already tell how bad your pick is. <laughs> oh, we're roasting her already. Brian Griffin. Oh, that's a that's good a pick. He good, was on my board. Good dog. Good job. Good dog. Wow. So good I get do- compliments. Wait, we have to say good dog. <laughs> that's a good dog. It's I couldn't dog. even like talk up and like talk about what I want. You guys just roasted me. Why don't you tell us why you like Brian Griffin? Just because it's a classic. Just move on. Oh, God, she's so sassy. <laughs> like Lassie. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Ryan literally got kicked for that one. Oh my god. <laughs> we were getting assaulted on the BSN Buffs podcast. You guys just continue right. this. I'm going to go next. Uh, the second pick in the first annual all-dog draft, I would like to take uh, notable rapper Snoop Dogg. I'm a big board. Good call. Good call. Good call. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> This one, this I didn't know it could be people too. Allie, I said it's literally <laughs> any, anything any dog. dog and notable. No, you said favorite dogs, like actual. No, I wasn't dogs. gonna give away my pick by telling <laughs> you that you could pick rappers. Like for instance, BS. my first pick of the BSN Buffs All Dog Draft is Cephalufau oh because my God. Phil Lindsay all the time he a dog. Uh, so. He's not an actual dog. But I he a dog. I demand a recount I on think this after. <clears throat> Mine was acceptable. Jake's. Eh. All right. Well, on the turnaround, uh, my first actual dog of second pick of the all name draft or the all cougars, not the um, all dog draft. The littlest hobo. What? What? Oh, you didn't even get that. It's a Canadian TV show that followed a dog that around Canada. That <laughs> oh yeah, I remember when Jane Dan talked <laughs> about that. I'm, I'm gonna. I want to drop the intro in the background <laughs> now because it's the greatest intro of all time. That was actually but, funny. Littlest Hobo, first, second pick. Of so it's back song. to me now. Yep. Yeah. Um, with the second pick in the first annual All Dog Draft, I would like to take Baxter. Ron Burgundy's dog from Anchorman, uh, speaks Spanish, uh, was able to communicate with bears. Just a very versatile dog all around, uh, and a great movie. Overrated dog. My pick is Marley from Marley and Me, because who didn't love Marley, and who honestly didn't cry? At least I cried. Like, shed a tear, a little tear. It's like, the only book that's actually, ever made me cry. I thought extremely Ryan Koningsberg voice. I loved me more than Marley in that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, my dad didn't cry in that movie, which is very disappointing. But how could you not cry in that? Do I have to go right after? We can skip. You can. You can. No, s- I'm not going to skip. All right. Um, I guess mine goes back to I'm being a little girl. I loved Full House, so I'm going to say Comet from Full House was is my third pick. A lot of celeb it's a, dogs. It's a bad pick. Because that's what I thought we had to do. <laughs> she mad? You're not on the same wavelength as us. Ryan, I've never been mad on this podcast. I've actually never once been mad. Everything is just funny to me. I'm not mad. I just get frustrated <laughs> with you guys. It's, it's not, it's just She's funny. not even doing postmodernism or irony. Is it my pick? Yes. Yes. Uh, with the final pick of my draft. Hmm. This is tough. I think I am going to take... The Taco Bell dog. The one that says, yo quiero Taco Bell. Okay. It's a good dog. I guess I like good Spanish-speaking dog. dogs. Yeah. That's a new <laughs> niche you found out you liked today. New brand. New brand. <laughs> we got owls dog. or just birds, fog, fog. and Spanish-speaking dogs. <laughs> the three essentials to the Ryan Konigsberg brand. Uh, my third and final pick of the all-dog draft. One of my favorite dogs. He's a good dog. Yes, he is. Uh, Pluto. Yeah, that's a good one. I love Mickey Mouse. Uh, I was well, gonna say Clifford. My alternative. I thought of Clifford the Big Red Dog as well. Yeah, uh, some some uh, alternative picks or honorable mentions: the song "For My Dogs" by Waka Flocka Flame. Also, uh, Air Bud, Snoopy, "My Dog" by Little Boosie, the song, and Doctor Dog, the uh, artist. Also, my dog Skip. That was the first movie I ever cried in. Uh, 
Sadly. I thought Beethoven, that movie was a good one when I was little. Yeah, I liked Beethoven. Which one was the one where they... Where Could they I have taken all 101 Dalmatians <laughs> as a pick? No. <laughs> you needed to pick a Dalmatian. What's the movie where they make out with the... Lady and the Tramp. Lady and the Tramp. That's a good dog. <laughs> Is it Lady or the Tramp? That makes out? Which no, one's the dog? Make out. They're both dogs, aren't they? They both are dogs. Well, which one did you like? I'm a big fan of Tramps. <laughs> oh... You know why? No, we don't want Because they get me why. bounced. I love tramps. What? Oh, a trampoline. trampoline. Oh. Speaking of tramps, we're going to have to jump Let's out of this. put a stamp on this podcast. We're going to have to jump out of this podcast. But before we do, I've got to tell sorry. you about. I've I, gotta t- I sincerely apologize. I've got I've to tell you about jumping into Life Flower Dispensary down in Glendale. Just south of Denver serves medical and recreational marijuana until midnight. They offer a one-stop shop and have something to offer for everyone. Whether it's a smoker or prefer to use topical treatments for severe pain, Life Flower carries a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, stop stop hitting the microphone, concentrate flowers, and they clearly... They carry glass, too. Check out the menus at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details. Or just show up to Life Flower off of Weedsdale. And maybe, if things go right for the Buffs, there'll be some flowers in their future. More like Life Flower off Weedsdale. Got him. Ah! Uh, that's going to wrap up the BSN Buffs podcast for uh, this week. Uh, catch catch our coverage out in Santa Clara, California. Ryan, Ali, and I will be there as well as our photographer, Matt Cisneros. Uh, if you don't know Matt's work, you have to go check it out on our last photo album of the Utah games. It was spectacular, as well as his uh, friend, Taylor Wilder, who took some pictures for us as well. Both of their pictures were great. I wanted to plug that because you got to check those out. Sam uh, Weaver's photos were good as well. She, she, she had a better story and I already dropped Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening as always, and uh, check out all of our content on bsndenver.com. We're Ryan Clemens for Valley Monroe.